Welcome to this week's edition of the St. Paul Podcast. I'm Peter Marty, Senior Pastor of St. Paul Lutheran Church, located in the heart of Davenport, Iowa. Right here each week, you can hear a message to inspire your walk with God and hear beautiful music to fill your life. Let this podcast be your occasion to contemplate some of the deepest things in life, just as I hope it helps faith come alive for you. Welcome to the latest edition of our St. Paul Worship Podcast. My name is Katie Warren. I'm one of the pastors here. And in just a minute, I'm going to read a brief story for you that's considered one of Jesus' earlier miracles, a story of where he heals a man with what's described as an unclean spirit. He casts this spirit out. And to be honest, I think many of us read or hear stories like this, and our first instinct is to think something like, okay, that's interesting, but I'm not really sure what it all means. Why does this story matter for me? Well, we're going to explore a little bit of that today, and I'll give you a quick clue about what we'll focus on. It has to do with words. We have the familiar saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me, which I think is absolutely ridiculous. The truth is words carry a lot of weight, a lot of power, and even authority. Uh, 
I read somewhere recently that by the time we're three years old, the average toddler already knows somewhere around 300 words. And the typical adult speaks something like two to 3,000 words every single day. We do a lot of speaking, a lot of talking. We use a lot of words. And maybe we could use words more wisely, more intentionally than we even imagine. So as I read this story, pay close attention to Jesus' words in particular. What does he say and how does he say it? So first, here's some words from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1. Then Jesus and the disciples went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, he entered the synagogue and taught. They were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Just then there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent, come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying with a loud voice, came out of him. They were all amazed, and they kept on asking one another, What is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. At once, his fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. Okay, so now that we've heard what Jesus has to say, let's take a few moments to think about how his words might even inform our own. What sort of example does he set for us in this story? Take a listen. I have spoken a time or two before in this space about my childhood affinity for magic. Like many kids who have a go through a phase of intense interest of some interest or, or whatnot, whatnot. Uh, magic was, at least for a time, uh, an obsession of mine when I was in elementary school age or so, eight or nine or ten. I loved learning new tricks. There was actually this magic store in downtown Champaign, Illinois, where we lived. I have this vivid memories of my dad taking me there from time to time where I would use my allowance to buy a new trick or some sort of prop or whatever it might be. I was often drawn to the section of the store that had the hats and capes and other apparel. I wanted to look the part of a true magician. I like to try out the different wands for various tricks and see which one made me look the most professional. But I remember one time walking through those aisles when in the store there was an employee who I often talked to. Whenever we'd be there, he might teach me a new trick from time to time. He called me over and he said something like, don't waste your time or your money uh, looking at the wands. You don't need that. The most powerful tool a good magician has, he said, is their words. So he kept talking to me a little bit about how it's the words that help set the stage or get your audience to look over here when really something's happening over here. Not just those words of abracadabra, that's kind of for amateurs, but it's the words you speak with confidence, with authority, that help people pay attention to what you want them to do, follow your lead. If you tell them to pick any card, they'll do it if you ask them to. Or if, you're about to, if you say you're about to make a ball float in thin air, they will believe you. They'll follow your lead. They'll expect it to happen. Basically, 
he was telling me, don't bother spending your money on all that other stuff that you don't really need. Sometimes the most effective tool you have is your words. Admittedly, I was not entirely convinced as a nine-year-old. I wholeheartedly believed every great magician needed a good wand. And eventually I grew out of my magician phase. I like to do a card trick every now and then still. But I've come to realize, at least, that that advice actually applies to much more than magicians. Every single day, actually, whether sleight of hand is involved or not, our words carry much more weight or power than we sometimes give them credit for. And the prime example of this is that story from Mark's Gospel I just read for you, where Jesus removes this demon or unclean spirit, as it's described, from a man who confronts him in this synagogue. And at first glance, it's a little bit hard to figure out what this story really means for us. I don't believe many of us are involved with exorcisms on a regular basis. I don't think many of us would have the slightest idea what to do or how to respond if we found ourselves in a similar sort of situation. But in reality, this whole interaction between Jesus and this man who is suffering or possessed, it's actually more commonplace than I think we might imagine. For starters, let's just define for a second that term of unclean spirit or demon or whatever you, how you want to translate it. If we thought of it as anything that opposes the will of God, any evil that takes aim at God's hopes for the good of all people, anything that robs us of joy or purpose or goodness that we humans were created for. So that any such unclean spirit possesses someone. It's really just something that doesn't allow us or the greater world to be what or who we ought to be. So if we work with that definition, if that's the case, what Jesus does next is really deceivingly pretty simple. And it's equal parts brief, courageous. He uses words. In fact, that's all he does. Jesus doesn't have any magic tools or any special equipment or specific training in order to respond to what's right in front of him. The only thing he has, apparently the only thing he needs, are words and a good dose of courage to speak them. He noticed that something was crushing this spirit of the man right in front of him. He wasn't himself. He's not who he should be. So Jesus spoke with this kind of confidence and courage. All of six words. Be silent. Come out. And the spirit's gone. The man is healed. Everyone is sort of standing amazed. Essentially what Jesus does is refuse to ignore this person that's right in front of him. He listens to what he says, he sees the hurt or concern, and then he chooses to respond. The miracle that we witness here, it comes through this overlooked, maybe underappreciated act of speaking. 
through words that cause things to happen. They're words that are performative and powerful because they are said with a certain degree of authority or confidence, conviction that what is said, it matters, that it can do something. Just a few weeks ago, actually, in our confirmation class, we were talking, we read through several of Jesus' miracles, different stories in the Gospels, and we asked our teenagers, why do these stories matter? What difference do they make in our lives that Jesus healed different people or cleanses people of these unclean spirits? And here's a perfect example of why we read these, why they matter. Jesus shows us full well that you don't need special powers to make change happen. You don't need a certain title or prop to name where there's harm in the world and then work to heal it. We have this very same authority to do so. And it starts with our words. Just the other day I was watching an interview with Malala Yousafzai, this young woman who's internationally known now, But it struck me as she was talking in this interview that she was only 11 years old when the Taliban took control of her hometown. And somehow, even then, she had this bravery, this courage to write her firsthand firsthand accounts of what was happening in her town and share them with public television, to give interviews to Pakistani TV or the New York Times as a female in a Taliban-controlled country, about the only power she had was to speak, to use her words to call out the violence and injustice she witnessed, even when it was point-blank aimed at her. She talked about the daily fears she lived with and how she would say the same prayer every single night. She said, I would ask God to bless not just the people on my street, or in my city, not even just Muslims, but I would pray for God's blessings for all human beings because everyone deserves to live in safety and with dignity. And I listened to her speak and I thought she spoke and lived with the conviction of that very prayer, that she wasn't afraid to speak out with those words to name the violence or to work to end it. However, we don't have to look halfway across the world or in extreme circumstances like that for a similar sort of example. I think every single day, we can choose to speak with a certain similar kind of courage or confidence that names evil in this world and then chooses or works to try to end it right then and there. When Jesus saw this person who was hurt, he did what he could to look evil in the eye and say, be silent. This sort of thing is not welcome here. And he could have looked around the room, this room filled with other people, and thought, this kind of seems like a lot. I'm going to let somebody else deal with this, take it on. Instead, he decided he would be the one to say something, anything at all, about what was happening. And I wonder sometimes what our whole world might look like if we all used our voices in such a similar way. As though we had all the power in the world to change it. When we read or hear the news headlines, it can feel overwhelming or we can feel powerless to change it. But 
what do we do with all the struggles or the suffering in this world? It can sometimes feel like we're just waiting for someone else to do something, to respond to it. Someone else to figure out how to address the demons of gun violence in our country or war that's popping up all around our world. We're waiting for someone else to figure out how we solve the deep roots of racism or how our children get the services they need as our state cuts more and more funding to the AEA or school services. We sometimes forget that we have the authority to speak as loudly as we can. This is not okay. Something has to change. It's the same thing we teach our children, right? That if they see bullying happen at school, they have the power to stand up and say, that's not okay. I'm going to stand with the person who's being hurt. That their words can actually cause change. We have been given this ability to speak up, to speak out. We've been given this authority to name those forces at work in the world that drain us of our collective humanity, that work against the work of God. Jesus gives us this beautiful example of just how to go about it. It turns out you don't actually need a magic wand at all, any special training just need a willingness to acknowledge that you are as qualified as anyone with God's help to name that evil and to banish it from this world. All we need are some words and maybe a little God-given courage to speak them. Amen.
We'll turn now to God in prayer, speaking those sacred words of the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. May you know full well the power of your own words. May you be filled with courage, with the confidence that what you say matters. And may you speak with the faithfulness and conviction that even something as simple as your words can make all the difference in the world. May God bless you. Bless both your words and actions this week. Amen. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast, and thanks for your support of the ministries of St. Paul Lutheran Church. Our commitment to projects that lend hope to other people stretches across the country and around the world. We hope that in a good way you feel a part of that reach. Tune in next Thursday for another edition of the St. Paul Podcast.